Boom. How's everybody doing? Hope you are doing well. My name is Andrew Kuhn, Focus Compounding, sitting next to Jeff Gannon. Jeff, how's it going today? Uh, it's going very well, Andrew. How's it going with you? It's going great. We hope everyone is having a wonderful day. In today's podcast, we are going to be going over a write-up that Jeff had written up for our app, focuscompounding.com slash app, $7.95 a month. That is $7.95 a month. And you get access to daily posts like the one that we are going to go over today. You get access to videos, frequent videos, of where I just pull out my iPhone and say, hey, Jeff, let's talk about this mm -hmm. on uh, the uh, video for the app. And then you also get access to our 200 plus backlog of episodes right? where we have over the years talked about so many different topics, um, all for $7.95 a month. So go to focuscompound.com slash app if you are interested in that. So the topic is Peter Lynch and the most basic form of scuttlebutt. Right. We haven't talked about this. We haven't even tweeted about it. Jeff and I just got back yesterday. Today's Monday. Uh, we got back Sunday from a scuttlebutt trip. Last Tuesday, we decided we want to go somewhere. We left Thursday. Um, we went through New Mexico to Arizona to Kansas through Oklahoma and then back in the great state of Texas in Dallas. And when we got to New Mexico, it was right. both of our first time being there and Arizona, right? You said you've never been in New Mexico, right? Correct. Yeah. I've been to airports. Okay. So airports. <laughs> I mean, just like I've been to Arizona, yeah. but I had a layover. Yeah. Right. But we've never been, let's say we've never stayed over a prolonged period of time Correct. Um, in New Mexico, Arizona. And we actually checked out a, a business along the way in New Mexico. We had a destination place. We saw two businesses in Arizona. Then we went to Kansas and then back to, to uh, uh, Dallas. Yeah. But when we got to New Mexico, I was like, I'm adding this to a place that I could potentially live. So I have a list. Jeff and I okay. were seeing all the country. And between the two of us, I have a list of places you could not pay me enough to live in. I right. won't say which, won't say which places are on that list. It's kind of like, you know, when Jordan was, Michael Jordan was talking about selling Nike shoes and about, mm -hmm. um, I guess, uh, talking about politics. Right. You know, his decision on politics or what, if he's left or right. And what do you say? Democrats buy shoes too. Republicans buy sneakers too. Republicans yeah. buy sneakers too. So that's, that's my whole thing. I'm like, you know. We, we like every state if we have clients there. But anyways, New right. Mexico is definitely on the list of places I could live. I okay. love New Mexico. Arizona is pretty cool, too. Mm -hmm. um, but we've been doing a lot of scuttlebutt. We've been talking about a lot of scuttlebutt. I've been tweeting a lot about scuttlebutt because I was starting a lot of Peter Lynch, drawing inspiration, see what he was doing. Mm -hmm. um, and you uh, wrote up a post called Peter Lynch and the most basic form of scuttlebutt. And for people that want to see, this is what it looks like uh, when you are on the premium side of the app. And of course, yeah. the iOS and the Android version is being developed right now. Look at this. There we go. Takeaways from Total Recall by right. Arnold, right. an the absolute book, legend. Movie. Um, videos to come. And then we have uh, the backlog right here as well. Right. But anyways, let's go back uh, to Peter Lynch, the most basic form of Scuttlebutt. Okay. I tweeted this out today. And you wrote about this when we were in New Mexico. So yes. tell me a little bit about this post. Uh, yeah. I wrote this from a hotel room in New Mexico. That's the first line. Um, yeah. So basically this is the most basic form of scuttlebutt, which he was talking about is like, um, that I was talking about is direct experience with it. So especially experience like you would have from a customer's perspective and how useful that can be. And actually Peter Lynch kind of broke it down to the different forms of how you could learn about something. And one of them was just like, you could learn about it as a customer. And so the examples I gave were like, I worked at village supermarket in, uh, uh, which is our shop rights in New Jersey. And I also at that same place um, saw people using Coinstar and uh, used Blue Rhino, uh, which is a propane tank exchange company, and uh, found that the what 
uh, I found out a lot about those companies from the sort of value proposition they have for the customer. So what customers um, use the product, why they use it, and whether it would be likely to grow in the future and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of Peter Lynch's ideas came from just this idea of just like walking around, right? Walking right. around with his daughters and taking them shopping, seeing what they were interested sure. in, seeing what type of clothing they were interested in. I think he uh, Callaway's, I think he happened to just like stumble upon it and then mm -hmm. he would see if the company's public. And a lot of times back then, um, uh, you know, he would just find a lot of interesting ideas that way. Yeah. And we've talked about that before where we'll be going around places and stuff and there's some companies that are public or competitors of other companies. We want to see them just for that reason, uh, because you know, it, you see where they are and whether they, you kind of ask, okay, are, is this company public or something? If you see something that's kind of interesting. Um, and those companies were very interesting. The blue rhino and, and, uh, Coinstar, were very interesting right away just seeing the product and how it works because they're kind of they're kind of innovative in what they were doing um it sounds like a very basic sort of thing but propane tank exchange was kind of a new thing um and certainly coin counting machines putting them in places like that you know so it's not like your bank or something uh, was a pretty big deal too um so you could see how it would catch on over time mm -hmm. that sort of thing yeah do you think you have to do scuttlebot on every single company though that you come across like let's say you were to seriously want to consider investing in apple i mean what type of scuttlebot would you do i mean buffett has talked about what he did yeah you know in the basic form he's like well all my you know kids uh you know or grandchildren use you know iphones and the ecosystem behind it and they can't live without their phones or right. an apple product and yeah. really how there's such a, a yeah. leader in the market but like for big companies and i think a lot of people don't do scuttlebutt because they associate you know the size of the company with for whatever reason just like not, not having not needing to do certain in-person things Yes, uh, you're gonna. It's gonna be less of an advantage with an Apple or something than it is with smaller businesses. I don't think you should do none from the perspective of you need to understand customers and customer behavior no matter what, and that's a really big issue and something that I've talked about before. Like, you may be an Apple user or whatever, right? You want to know other people use Apple and why do they use it and have an understanding of it. It's very the the sloppy thing that I see people do in investing in big companies and small ones both is sometimes they have a poor understanding of why customers use the company. Um, and that's really, really important. So even if you're investing in Kroger instead of Village Supermarket, why do people use Kroger? Um, and then like, so for instance, Dallas-Fort Worth area, you could say how many places do you have that you might like and you can rank them yourself and think about what each one offers and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I might be able to off the top of my head to list seven or eight different choices for supermarkets that compete with Kroger. That's more than there is in most of the country. Uh, most of the country would have just a few options, um, three or so. Mm -hmm. But you then want to think, well, where does Kroger fit in to that? And what kind of people do I know that shop at Kroger? And what kind of people shop at other ones? And you have to be, it's very important to do that and not to be too biased and in your bubble of whatever place that you shop at. Mm -hmm. So I may shop at certain places that are very different from Kroger and prefer to it, but most of the people that I think of um, would prefer Kroger to where I shop for reasons that I can figure out about what sorts of things they value and stuff like that. Um, and so that's the important thing to do no matter what company you're looking at. And that even extends to things like Apple and Microsoft and stuff. Be realistic about why someone would prefer to have Apple products or Microsoft products or whatever products um, and have an understanding of that. And I think that's very, very important to do mm -hmm. and to understand if you're a bad judge of many of those things. We've talked about that before, but like um, my preferences in 
many different things, let's say coffee or whatever, are out of the mainstream in a way that it's not a very accurate way to judge that. We were talking about that, about what places we stopped and had coffee and stuff. They're not going to sell the highest quantity of coffee, some of those. Um, I mean, Starbucks does. But some of the other places, there's very popular things. And I was kind of saying, well, you know, for most people's palate, this is actually a very... Um, this is a thing that agrees with a lot of people's palates that if you talk to them about it, they would tell you why that way. The same thing with alcohol, right? I'd be outside the mainstream in terms of what things would sell the best that way. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a reason why like Bud Light sells what it does and McDonald's sells a lot of coffee and stuff. And it's important, <laughs> to, it's important to understand those things. And it's important to understand those things. And a lot of people, I'd say, don't bother to. They just look at it from the perspective of like, oh, I like their coffee. I don't like that. I like this, whatever. And it's the same. I mean, we talk about it's, it's very important to think that way, especially um, look, if you're looking at a movie company or something, right, you don't want to be going off of whether you like their movies or not. You want to have a real understanding from it from a customer perspective, a marketing perspective, and a, like a producer perspective. And I'm saying the same things with any products, even if it's products like Apple stuff and stuff. Why does Apple products sell the way it does? Is it things about the design of it? Is it the marketing that they do to associate with a certain thing? Is it the number of people who use it in a certain area and then other people see that? Is it what is it? Um, because it's probably not that it has um, that it's people using it for, you know, um, that it's the cheapest thing mm -hmm. or that it's best for the productivity of things that they're doing in a business capacity or something. Those yeah. are probably not why it's selling. So why is it? I've talked about a lot on the podcast, how the companies I'm most attracted to are the ones where I could actually be the customers, my customer myself. So it's like, mm -hmm. I understand why customers use it and uh, you know, it has potentially maybe mind share stuff like that. You know, the customer Correct, experience yeah. is great. And we actually were talking about we didn't actually go over this uh, when we were talking about Tillman's book, uh, Shut Up and Listen, but he talks about being in the hospitality business. Right. And I think every company in some capacity, whether it's customer service, is sort of in the hospitality business, right? right. So maybe, yes, you're not you know, showing people to their hotel rooms or you're not delivering them food. So it's not that per se, but... Um, you know, customer service and everything like that really does tie into the customer experience. Yeah, I'll give you one that really stood out to me with Apple uh, that I was really surprised by. So I went into an Apple store for a reason and uh, I was shocked by how it was run and stuff because it was very hard to go and make a purchase and leave. I knew yeah. what I wanted was going and was going to do it and leave. And instead they want to have their, their geniuses or whatever, like fix things for me and, and whatever. And that's not why I'm there. And so I was really surprised by how like the store was not optimized in a way to get people to come in and out. And actually after it, I was like, well, next time I'll go to a phone store. I won't buy from Apple yeah. because this is something that's wrong with how they're set up. And it really sometimes you have experiences to, like that where you're like, wow, that's really weird. Or you go someplace and you realize like, oh, I'd like an annual membership to this thing or I'd like this thing or I know they have this program. And it's like it's not very obvious to customers who be coming in or something. So you get a real feel for how they're thinking about it and optimizing and whatever. So obviously Apple was thinking in terms of like this is a service center or something and not thinking in terms of moving product. Yeah, I think Buffett talked a little bit about that with C's Candies. Mm -hmm. He was saying if you you know, get their chocolate or whatever for your, your significant other on Valentine's Day and they kiss you on the cheek afterwards because they're happy. He's like, we got you. We got you for right. life. You know, you're never going to go to anybody else. Mm -hmm. So I just think so many companies are much more in the hospitality business that they like to even think about. And I get it like in general terms or not, but even little things like me, for example, if I 
need help with something like a website and I have to go through forums and stuff like that to right. get an answer to that. That's not something that I personally like. You, okay. I think, probably do like that. I'm like, let me get somebody on the phone right now. Right. Let me get the help and then let's get it, get it over with. Absolutely. And that's the opposite. And it's interesting because that's noticed in some industries. A good example is uh, there was a company that was public for a while, Blue Nile. They sold diamonds. And um, in the United States, they were noticing that people were willing to buy $6,000 diamonds and things and really wanted no interaction with a person. Like they were offering all this stuff, chat things, whatever. And the Americans were just like, we don't want any of that. Just make it as quick as possible so that we can buy things and do whatever research and stuff, do it ourselves. And they had very low numbers from that. In China, on even very small purchases, they wanted huge amounts of interaction with people and stuff. And they noticed there was a really big difference between the two. Um, uh, the two countries that way. And that's very important in like segmenting of the population because at what you're talking about is that means that there could be someone where they want you to get on the phone and talk with them and stuff. But like, mm -hmm. think about like for brokers, we use different brokers and things. Lots of people do. Um, there's a say by focusing a hundred percent on making this technology great and having like no customer service can work and having a process that's all customer service and not the best technology and stuff can work because there's segments of the population that you could have, but there's only so much scale that you can do with that. You know, if you're a very high touch sort of thing, that's never going to have the same scale as something that's incredibly cheap, which is like over a mass produced sort of thing that you can do, which is going to involve less human interaction. Mm -hmm. um, what did you think of the Scuttlebutt trip that we went on? So we did see a business in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, it was a company that we, you know, we're familiar with. You've never visited their operations. Okay. We could just say, I mean, they own convenience stores. I don't think right. it's a big deal. Um, yeah. Uh, they own roadside their convenience stores in the sense of like a tourist trap mm -hmm. uh, it's very inaccurate to describe them as like convenience stores because that's the thing that's important in thinking about this and comparing it there's very few locations while you're doing these very long drives through places like New Mexico and Arizona and there's very few places to stop to get gas and stuff like you might have two choices or no choices and so when you're there they try to sell you other things and stuff yeah i thought it was very very important to see it in person yeah. see what was important to me though is when we actually did do it ourselves. yeah and there was another type of quote-unquote convenience store gas whatever like what five miles on the road and it was better and it was better in all respects yeah and but you could see why they still get people because it's almost like Okay, so they're both on the same side of the road, but you get certain tourists coming from one way and the other one gets certain tourists yeah, coming from the other like, way. And they have like, what, 20 billboards? Yeah. They, every billboard for the last 20 billboards or something was them. So they do it because you don't know what things are ahead of you and stuff. The actual other convenience store had advertised ahead, but you'd have to know, like, why do I want to skip this one and go to that other mm -hmm. one? Um, so there are several companies competing in that area and stuff. Uh, I found it very interesting because I had read things about it before from other people. Uh, things like, well, the land must be this valuable or whatever, having seen it, I'm like... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm dubious about. Well, from that. seeing that because there's land everywhere, right? It's very open. The same thing next yeah. time. It's uh -huh. not a problem. Um, and then, uh, and there's no other thing you could repurpose the land to be. Mm -hmm. It can really only be that to be a tourist trap. There's nothing other else that you can do. You could put a roadside attraction or something that yeah. tourists might go to, but it can only be people stopping on this road because uh, they need to get gas or they want to get out and do something or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, they're competitive and stuff. So that, that, I didn't think that that would be one that we would buy or something, but after doing the research on it, I mean, we could say what stock this is. Sure. Go for it. Uh, so it's bowl and travel, mm -hmm. uh, B B W L N. What's their ticker? You want to do it on quick FS? Sure. All right. B W L N. Is that Bolin? Maybe not. Bowl America. So what's Bolin? Uh, B O W L. Try B O W L. 
Do they have them? Bowling Travel is BWTL. There we Bowling go. Travel. So here we go. There's virtually no beta. Sharetron was like nothing. It's basically a controlled company, all those sorts of things. Um, returns on capital and stuff have been poor for a long time, and I didn't think there'd be a change in management and stuff. But I wanted to see the locations, see if that, like, are they just not that well run, but they could be turned around in a big way. Is the land valuable? Because you can see what's the price to book 1.1 times, and the land could be on their books at really long ago prices. Because the company's been around since what year did it say? 1912? Yep. Yeah, and like their competitor that we saw is found their that location they've been using since the 30s. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so and that and it looked like a lot of other locations were 40 years old or something that compete with them at least. So uh, you know the potential is that it's very very cheap land, uh, very valuable land compared to what it's on the books for, all those sorts of things. Having seen it, it definitely was one I was not interested in. But it, I could have seen things that would have made me feel differently about that, and it was very important to see it in person. Yeah. And this is going to sound really silly, right? About seeing it in person. They did not sell coffee at this place. We went down the street to their competitor to get coffee. We, we actually went into their competitor. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we so like what if competitor anyway, but I wanted coffee and yeah, they have a what dairy if you're, queen in this location. I'm sure they have coffee at some locations, I assume, because they mentioned they have dairy queen. No, they're mostly dairy queen. Oh, Subway. Yeah. So anyway, it sounds silly though, but we wouldn't, I mean, like, look, if you were familiar a coffee machine thing, like you have at a convenience store. Yeah. And I know their normal customer is people just passing through. Right. Right. But like, let's say you were familiar with this company. You'd be like, Oh no, I want coffee. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go to their competitor. Like something so simple like that. You have a coffee machine that, that does that and is good quality. It was so stupid that I couldn't believe it. Selling you a lot of stuff because you stopped there and advertising very, very heavily on billboards and not really in having a very good convenience store experience, which is the kind of thing that can happen because they might not be getting meaningful repeat customers and stuff. And we've talked about it a little bit before. If you just have customers who pass by and are only gonna be like a one-time sale, there's a very big risk of not treating your customer well, okay? Of scamming them, mm-hmm. of having overpriced things, of trying to get every last dollar out of them, of not being thinking you're in the hospitality business. The more times you have contact with the customer, the better in an industry you're going to be treated and stuff, the more valuable you are as a customer. Repeat customer stuff really creates um, thinking in those terms. Mm -hmm. And so this company obviously wasn't at this location. We didn't see all their locations in Arizona. No, that's true. And we did, we did see one location, but again, I mean, you wouldn't have pretty close to their headquarters. Yeah, we didn't, but we didn't like the experience that we had with that one location. Again, just one, but but that's not something that comes up in the filings. But what's scarier than that is I didn't love the experience at their competitors so much more and stuff that was right down the street, right down the road, literally a few miles. Um, I've most, all the convenience stores I've been in are much better run than the one that was competing with them. And I think doing a good job of competing with them. So I don't know. I mean, it could be even worse if someone else was running their competitors Mm -hmm. against them, but there may not be much incentive to do that because I don't know if that affects the choices, but that definitely the attitude that I got from there, from visiting and stuff is not one of a company that's going to be focused on running these things to the best of their ability. Yeah. And again, I get it. Right. But that's something that you wouldn't get from reading an annual report. The actual customer experience yourself, was, and the way that we it was a poorly run location. Yeah, and the way that we invest, for example, you want you know if we're going to own it for the next ten years or hopefully indefinitely, you want a business that you you know love and you love the customer experience. There's you no, think the customer experience yeah. is great. There's no general manager there walking in and saying, "Oh, this is what you need to do in this." Going from the perspective of the customer, like like in um, the shut up and listen book you were talking about, he was like, "You up. need to go in there and." walk through it as a customer and clearly no one ever did that at this mm-hmm. point you know tillman was talking about in the shut up and listen book he was saying it's a lot easier to say yes to your customers than no sometimes right. people say no to their customers and it's just like just say yes and he was talking about you know when he was staying in a hotel and it was 
11.05 or, mm. or whatever. It was past 11 o'clock when breakfast has stopped. And he's like, hey, can I? Can you scramble some eggs for me? Right. And they're like, oh, you know, it was, uh, we stopped serving breakfast at 11 o'clock. And this is about, you know, how to do the hospitality business the right way. And he said, no, no worries. I know you still have eggs. Like, feel free to charge me extra. Can you just scramble up some eggs? Take some bacon off of the, the BLT sandwich that's on the menu and just, you know, scramble them and bring them up to me. And, and he said that they said no to him. And he was talking about how important it is just to say yes to your customers. And it's almost easier to just say yes and do it, charge extra. And when you're in the hospitality business, that is great. And in like this, you know, situation I was thinking about, it's like, they don't, something as simple as selling coffee, right? They, they didn't say no, but it's right. just, you know, it just it leaves a bad taste in, uh, in, in customers' mouths. Because I'm telling you, people go in there. This is a, a place that you drive by after driving for a very long they time. They get plenty of customers going through. Yeah. Yeah. But how many people walk in there and say, I want coffee and they don't have coffee? Yeah. Well, they're trying to figure out how to sell them more of the product. We saw a huge amount of selling spaces have to maximize the amount of revenue you made per customer. They have a ton of people going through, ton of drive through that they have there. If it could be turned into something um, that could be, if someone had an idea for something there that could turn into something more effective, then maybe the land's worth something that way because you do have a large captive mm. audience there. Um, but I, I don't think they're thinking of it from the perspective of how to most please their customers mm -hmm. in that thing. But I don't think that's unusual. I think it's very different than a convenience store type situation where you're getting repeat customers. You know, the convenience stores around here and stuff, which many of them do a tremendous business, so they do much higher returns on capital than this company, um, have a ton of repeat customers, commuters, things like that. And so they have a totally different business model uh, to that. And they invest a lot in things like coffee machines and yeah. stuff, too, and in customer service things. And yeah, uh -huh. we actually was a little funny story. We were in Arizona at a Starbucks and we asked we were out all day, so we were like warm, and we were gonna get co coffee because I think we had another, you know, couple hours. Or we're gonna go what six hours somewhere else, right? At that point, I don't yeah. know. We had another long drive, anyway. Um, we asked for iced coffee, and the lady's gonna hand me the coffee from the drive-through, and it's hot. And I'm like, oh, we asked for iced coffee, <laughs> and she's like, oh, what'd she say? She was like, oh, well, I'm gonna have to remake it, or something like that, yeah, right? Oh, so we don't have, we didn't have that down as iced. I'll have to remake it. And then like kind of just like <laughs> as if she was waiting for me to say, oh, no worries. We'll take we'll take the coffee. Yeah. Right. And I don't know. I just thought it was funny because it made me think of Tillman's book because she was looking for me yeah, to say. Might. And that is a big that's a that's a big issue. In Starbucks, it's a big deal that they did that because that's a thing that they focus on. And Starbucks is not making a mistake like that. Yeah. And you were actually talking Usually about they mess up my drink and then they give me that drink plus the new. one. Yeah. And that's totally just a small <laughs> sample size because every experience I've had with Starbucks is like great. Or if they do mess up. They yeah, we can talk right. about the experiences we had at McDonald's or something. We won't talk yeah, about we, those. No, we will talk that. about it because one time I had iced coffee and all of a sudden I feel something in my mouth and I like. I don't even know what I did, like spit it out or something. It was a bug. Yeah. And the most disgusting one that I've ever had was also a McDonald's in the same part of the country um, where we had it. It looked like w w just water and it smelled yeah. like fish. So. I think what are we over? And this is on our scuttlebutt trips. I think we're over two or over three and on McDonald's e coffee. And I'm trying to remember they're either the exact same state or they were really close to each other. Yeah. I won't say what state it was, but they are really close to each other in a place where we had some rough. Uh, things we have here, so. sworn off McDonald's coffee indefinitely because we've we had so many bad experiences. We find McDonald's coffee things, but yeah, usually Starbucks is more consistent that way. Yeah, so. Not a coffee podcast, though, but uh, visiting Bowling Travel Centers, it did give me a feel for what it was like. And um, 
you know, which is good to do though. I don't feel there's a huge amount of potential there for. So I was looking at from the potential of is this a turnaround situation? Could this be better run? Could the assets be utilized in a different way? And I came away a lot more skeptical, which is not the first time this has happened. We were somewhere else where I said, oh, this is super cheap, this company and stuff after seeing their land and everything. But I don't see how they're going to turn it around to use it differently. If they sold it off to someone else and they did things with it, I feel differently. But that's something. That's a good example because we saw here, I wasn't impressed by the value of the land or anything, but we saw something where I was very impressed by the value of the land and buildings and stuff relative to um, the market cap. Not Bull and Travel Centers. Not Bull and Travel Centers, a totally different one. Although a market cap that's even lower than Bull and Travel Centers and clearly the land is worth much, much more than Bull and Travel Centers. Mm -hmm. So very, very cheap. So like a Ben Graham person after doing the visit that we did would love that. But the problem is controlled company and doing the business that they're in now, I can see how they'll basically break even or make a tiny bit of money. I don't see how they're ever going to earn a decent amount of return on their assets. Same here with Bull and Travel, which you could get yourself. You can look and see they haven't been exceeding like a 5% return on capital. And having visited the place, you can see why that would be. So I needed to look there and be like, okay, how do you get to a 10% return? How do you get to a 15%? Because look, this thing has a price to book of one. At a price to book of one to get a good return on this business, you need to be making like 10% return on equity. They haven't done that in the past. And having visited it, I wouldn't be surprised if they continue not to do it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, I want to thank everybody so much for tuning in with Jeff and I on the Focus Compounding Podcast. If you want to get access to uh, the write-ups that we went over, uh, be sure to go to focuscompounding.com slash app. And of course, if you want to sign up for QuickFS and you do sign up, make sure you tell them that you came from Focus Compounding. I want to thank everybody so much for tuning in with the two of us. We appreciate all the support, having a lot of fun doing it, and we will see you in the next podcast.